Hello and welcome to Coffee Milk. I'm Mark Laporte. I'm Mitch Tapalo. What do we got? Greatest way to set up a, a podcast or even maybe a YouTube channel. Okay, so we've been talking about how we need to promote us. Uh, we do audio only because the first episode that we did way back in October, yeah. I don't know, it seemed couple. Yeah, it seemed like the, the cameras were kind of messing our flow up because you just didn't know where to look and and you just weren't as eloquent and fluent with speaking because it seemed yeah. like you were just worried about those video cameras. Plus, we're in this weird little room and it's small. And if we ever want somebody to interview, I kind of don't want to do it on Zoom. I'd really like to meet in person. I just feel weird having people meet in my house and there's no real way to set it up where we can film it and see them. So mm -hmm. public access television, it's completely free. There are studios in every state, like we live in Rhode Island, so we have, I think there's three, Lincoln what? or four. There's four studios. Oh, yeah. The closest one to us is in Providence. We're the smallest state, and we have four. Yeah. But you go out someplace like Wisconsin, it might be four hours to get to the studio. Yeah. But for us, it's 20 minutes in any direction. <laughs> it's 20 minutes across the state if you drive fast enough. So I called them up today, and uh, I was just, I said, okay, I know public access because I used to watch it as a kid. As you only had so many channels, we didn't have all these streaming channels and so many options. So sometimes you'd get bored. And uh, public access would also be with um, there was that faint, famous painter Bob Ross. Don't know if you you probably haven't oh, seen. Oh, so that was public access TV. Yes, but he, he went there and painted. But he wouldn't do it for Rhode Island. But we, I guess, you'd take programming from other public access channels or maybe other programming just to fill up time slots. So they would use Bob Ross, and I loved Bob Ross's paintings. But anyway, so they have a whole, I don't know how many studios are in there. They might have like separate rooms, and each room is a different kind of like studio. But it would just be nicer to be at something that it's already set up. If anything, they might have nice couches or something. Just it'd be more comfortable. It's a fully set up studio. If you got anybody from Rhode Island that we want to interview, it's like, Okay, yeah, no, let's meet up at the studio in Providence. That's such a good idea. Exactly. So we don't have to worry about everything. You got yeah. the cameras. The only thing they say is if you're going to use the studio, which is completely free because you pay taxes, as long as you work, live, or go to school in Rhode Island, you can use the station when, for completely free. When you told me that, it just blew my mind because so many people today are struggling with the equipment and how to get it and then how to use it, too. And if you said this place, they offer they, they offer courses on how to use it or they educate you on how to use the equipment? Yes, because before you can use it, you have to take lessons. Oh, so you can't even you, you can't go in there without taking the course. Right. They'll they'll sign off on everything. You need like a, a production signature, you need an equipment signature. There's a, a couple of different things. That is so cool. And they teach you for free. It's like, I mean, my God. So say Well, it's not for free. You pay for it. Well, you've already paid for it, but yeah, I've been paying for it for what, 22 years now, and I've just never realized that you could actually—I thought it was something, even if it was $50 an hour, it wasn't that bad because you get you get to use the equipment, mm. but it's completely free. So anybody that's asking, what's the best setup? What's this? What's that? Go to your public access station. They'll give you the footage to edit, and you can even get a time slot to be on air. So I was going to do that, too. I'd take, you know, maybe even a 1 o'clock time slot in the morning. I don't care because some of the stuff I used to watch was at 1 o'clock in the morning, too. I uh, Like Judge Caprio, do you, have you ever seen him? It's caught in Providence. It's, it's yes, hard. and he, he, it, they made a whole YouTube channel oh, yeah. off of him, too. And, and <laughs> it's like they turned the whole judge scene into a super nice and soft environment and then recorded everything, and now it's like a TV show. But that's him. He is so just cool. a super nice, genuine person. He is, he is. Something's going on. I saw his name in the news, and they I thought I read that they might not kind of renew his contract as a judge. Or, or They're not going to renew it? I don't know why. I haven't read the article. The warmest parts that come out from him is when he's, um, you know, when, when you hear, it's like, oh, I'm taking care of my 90-year-old father. Yeah. The 90-year-old father is taking care of the 70-year-old son who's got cancer or something. Are these... It seems like these people are making up the sob stuffings, though. It's like you would swear, but no, every episode just... is the same. It's like, oh, I got a speeding ticket. Here's my sob story, and he's like, oh, my heart. Huh. Just pay ten dollars. Well, yeah, because he's. Uh, I guess people from all across the world will actually just mail in checks. Saying, no way. Oh yeah, 
uh, you know, put, we're, I want to pay this forward to the guy Are with you the kidding. Oh yeah, if you can't pay court costs, like there's people who have already donated. Oh my goodness! And if he sees fit, he'll use some of that money to oh, pay. That's court. really interesting. That's kind. Of, that's um what I was talking about with my aunt earlier. We were looking into Bryant College, and she sent both of her kids there, and she was talking about how if you like genuinely like can't afford to go to this college and, and it, it's going to be a financial burden on you there is so much money in donations that has been sent to the schools where you can just ask for the ask for a private donation and it, the money's already there you just have to ask for it. everything's there you just have to ask and that it, like it's all there for you i just i can't believe it took me this long to realize that public access you told me that it blew my mind um because I didn't know that you, it was completely free. I figured, okay, lessons? Oh, man, what are we talking? $250? No, completely free. free. It's, it's huh. So you can start anything and not have to... You can get books from this place called the library. Yes, you pay taxes, and there's a building full of books that you could take out for free. Or better yet, go online and download the app, and they'll give you the audio books. I just can't that see how really cool when I was uh, when I was I think I said this on, a, on another episode though that's why I keep it when I was younger I hated reading for school whenever I was given a book that we were gonna have to read say by the end of the month or whatnot I would stress myself out about it so much to the point where I would not pick up the book and I would find every I would scour the whole internet just trying to find an audiobook version because I didn't want to read it I just I would read five pages and then I'd start thinking about something else. And then I'd look back down at the book and be like, wow, I've just been in my head for the past 20 minutes and reading for the last five. I am getting nowhere with this. So when I found out that your public library basically gives you access to audiobooks and you don't have to go to Audible or some other service, it was such an incredible aha moment. The only problem is you got like, what, 14 days or 21 days. So if you take out a title, there's sometimes there's a hold on it and there's like it's eight people cool, in line. But you still get it. Exactly. I, I've taken out audiobooks with a hold on them and I've still, and I've gotten them. Oh God. I have so many audio, or, or I've down, used that a lot. I've gotten a lot of audiobooks. Huh. Most what if someone, it, it's definitely already out there, but what if you made a service where uh, you have an app and you type in the book you want or you upload the text of the book because so many books are just digital now. So you download the text of the book, give it to the app and an AI reads it for you. That could That's probably a lot better. I mean, it's not, it's less like Siri, like robot reading. It's more like, right. You got syna, what synesthesia. And then there was that other app that I wanted to try last week that uh, this other podcaster used. And I think it took maybe three or four minutes. He was talking in the mic, just reading the sentences that it, had for him and then it completely mimicked his voice really well where you couldn't you couldn't tell because it even carried over the inflection mm -hmm. and it, he he typed something out and he could make the ai say it nine different ways yes. in his own voice it was beautiful. Yeah, beautiful i didn't think i mean usually when i see books online it's a pdf scanned image of the book so but yeah i'm sure you could find the text from it put it in a synesthesia i'll depending because they they give you just a, a time limit so if you're okay. using the free thing for synesthesia it's like they'll give you a free hour of, yeah. of the ai yeah and i think some books are like 14 hours <laughs> um, yeah that'd kind of be costly go to the library I, have one, I just had an idea on that uh, books what was it uh whatever it'll come back okay <clears throat> so at the uh at the studio they have they got tripods they have lavalier mics the lighting kits is what I'm really curious about, and I Ooh, hope that's cool. That's the what I got to learn. Lighting is so annoying. I can never get it right. You, you hear everyone talk about it when they're making their own videos and stuff. They're always like, oh, the lighting was so difficult, and I never understood that. I'm like, how is it difficult to get lighting? You just get a bunch of lights, and then the first time we set up uh, the podcast with the, with the cameras in front, it just didn't look like I think we played with the lights for... What uh, an hour straight? Yeah, trying to get behind us to go away. Yep. Oh my god. Yeah, we had that shadow That's right behind us. That's what I'm saying. And it seemed like if you just kind of go dark with one light at your face and then kind of one light behind you, but just on the floor, it seemed like a nice setup. But yeah. again, still got to play around with that. But public access, just Google it in your state. Um, that the, you have things for equipment and training. They got a cool community bulletin board, so I'm sure they'll have different events coming up, things like that. But it's completely free. You get the files. You can edit them. You can even put it on your 
television for your local area. Mm -hmm. Ours would be either three or four, but we could have our podcast on TV. I mean, it'd be kind of cool. That'd be pretty cool. An episode on TV. And it's weird that we say that because we can stream it anyway. You can go on Twitch and you can get on TV and... But it's just the fact that you're on cable, but it's not really cable because it's channel three or four. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I, I just found that so intriguing. So I... if you ever want to set anything up, public access, it's free. Use what you're paying for all Yes. I, I hope we get someone who at least has a moment and just kind of takes this idea and runs with it. And if you do, definitely... Yeah, email us. us. Yeah, yeah. Please, let e- us know. Email works. us. I want to hear someone who's like, "Oh my gosh, I thought about starting starting a podcast the other day, and then I didn't have equipment." Heard you guys' story, and oh, I just ran right to public access. I, I want to hear someone who ha- had success with this because that is a gold nugget right there. I'm a genius. What can I say? You are the only thing. The only thing that seems like a downside is we need a team because um, I was asking with yeah. with the production. And the lessons, he said, okay, well, you'd probably want one, obviously one cameraman, and then you'd want one guy in the the editing room and maybe one person out kind of telling how much time you have left or things like that. But he said you could probably get away with one or two extra people, and now we just need to find one or two people that could help. So if you're only a one-person team, you might not be able to do it. Who knows, though? Maybe the public access station in their area might already have a team or people who are working there ready to assist other people because you're paying for it in your taxes. That's what I thought, and it kind of read like that, too. It said that they were open and that there was a team, so I don't know. I'm going to sign us up for next Friday. We're going to take our lessons with using the equipment then. Because if we can just tell them, look, can, can't we just have a, a big wide shot? We don't need three cameras, just one wide shot. We'll push record and we'll just sit there. And Even talk. with the wide shot, you can zoom like you have two different cameras now with the technology we have. Yeah, but not the technology they have. This is public access. This isn't, uh, you know. No, but just from the video frame, you can put that into a software and then it zooms further into the frame. Oh, oh, yeah. But I mean, I really want to see if they have. Oh, goodness. I really want to see if they have two cameras that it just like it picks up the mic and it auto syncs to that person kind of like how a zoom call does or, or video chatting because that it would just yep. make editing so much easier i don't know so next week we're actually signed up we're probably going to do it around this time around noon um go down there i don't know how long the lessons are i wouldn't assume any longer than an hour but then we're going to come back and we're going to talk all about it yeah so i thought that was going to be right. cool podcast fodder for next week okay now uh, what do we got I... You were going to talk about mm-hmm. uh, a company you were interested in, Huel, or were you not? Um, I don't have too much on Huel, but I have been seeing them everywhere, and their their company is basically the solution for eating. The solution for eating, you e- say? Yeah, people... What's the solution for eating? There's this whole narrative today that eating food takes too much time out of your day, and it's just the whole, like, deciding what you want to eat and then oh. cooking it and... Also, eating something that's healthy for you. So this company basically got all these. Um, they they made their own super smoothie mix out of all greens and vegetables and everything. Put it in a uh, put it in a blender with water, mix it up, and then drink it. And that's your that's your meal supplement. So it's just I like guess a protein shake. Yeah, it's a, like a protein shake company. I mean, these things are popping up everywhere. They have 8.5 million in reoccurring reoccurring revenue. Is that monthly or yearly? Annually revenue, oh, sorry. Wow. Um, and there's from online, what I'm reading on Zipia, uh, Huel has 210 employees, wow. and their revenue per employee ratio is 40000 per uh, per worker. Okay, I butchered that. You usually butcher that part. It's very funny. I can't read and talk Don't read. Time. I don't think anyone can. Um, I can. You know why? I'm amazing. <laughs> okay. But what do you think about getting your meal in the form of a shake? No. I don't like it either. No, because I... I'm going to eat, and I'm going to eat red meat, and I'm reading here, humane, it's vegan. Fuel is plant-based and contains no animal products. Well, what's the fun in that? I don't want to just be eating beans all the time. That's no fun. Simple. I mean, I... if you're on the go constantly, absolutely. Yeah. It's not really a protein shake. It contains protein, but it has all everything else. Carbs, fiber, it's all plant-based. It's, it's like 
the shelf life. I feel like it's more for people who are like extremely on the go and maybe are hiking or something and want to take a, a smoothie with them that's a little bit like a like a step up from a smoothie. Get a little more full off of this one. But I don't get how they could get a company like this that literally just sells milkshakes in the form of a meal replacement. I guess it's just they're, the whole thing they're highlighting is it saves people time, which is pretty good. gotten lazier. Yeah, no, they've gotten lazier because I just, this looks great product. I'll probably try it if I get a free sample or some shit. I feel like the only thing keeping it going is them highlighting to people how it's so, it, it just takes the whole idea of eating and putting it into this super short and fast thing that you don't have to worry about anymore. And it's like, oh, it's only $2.50 a meal. But come on, like, is that really going to replace your food? Are you really going to feel full drinking that every day? I got nothing going on in life, bud. I got nothing. The only thing I got going on in life is food. I'm going to take away the one joy that I have so I could have a shake? Nope. Nope. I mean, if I were on a car trip or something, sure. But... I'm not replacing my meals, and it's not going to be plant-based. Yeah, I tried that for about a year, and uh, oh yeah, did you not went, go well. You went vegan for well, a while. I went, like, I just stopped eating meat, basically. I still had eggs. I still had dairy. Oh, okay. But that was hell, That's... because I was not healthy. I did not do enough due diligence beforehand on figuring out what I should eat and what I'm going to replace what I have been eating for years with. And then I just started eating a bunch of junk like many other people have done when they're trying to go vegetarian. And it, it was not fun. It was not fun at all. I, Yeah, I just became super low energy. I thought going into it, I was going to be like, oh, the, all this red meat, all this fat is making me tired. And no, that's, that's BS. You, you need the energy. You need to work out more. You need to get active and you need to work your body so then you won't feel tired it's not about it's not all about what you eat no have you tried a uh impossible burger whopper whatever when uh, when burger king came out yeah it was like the next day i had tried it and it was funny because i had been into it yes i could tell but no i couldn't at the same time there was this weird after making yourself think yeah yeah it was like more in your head but i did not feel good after it uh, my stomach was very weird for about 24 hours, and that's the last time I had it. Because I actually think the that double whopper with cheese is the best burger. Going out on a limb, the best hamburger, double whopper with cheese from Burger King. Not In-N-Out, not Red Robin, oh, not not Five Guys, nothing. Wrong. It is Burger Wrong. King, double whopper with cheese. I have never had a better burger. You know what? We're not going to get emails from anything else but people telling you you are an idiot no. because you like Burger King. They're all, they're, ew. They're all like, wrong. When I get Burger King, I have already decided that I'm eating shit. I would never pick Burger King as my first burger, let alone my first choice of food. Burger King burger. It's the best burger. The Whopper oh, with cheese. Oh, man. Double Whopper with cheese, 100%. Oh. I don't know what it is. I, and I've eaten a lot of stuff. I remember I went to In-N-Out in Arizona, and you know, it was a huge line for it. And I brought it home, and I was like, I, I just did not see what the fuss was about. Johnny Rockets, actually, that was a great burger, but I haven't had that in maybe 25 years. So You know, it's interesting how people have made so many YouTube channels reviewing burgers. From different, from different places. I mean, what I watch those for like probably about a month. You've the, never seen that? No, the things I'm watching like, now are the people who Good get... Mythical Morning reviewing all the burgers. Like when I was in, I think it was elementary, it was like a trend to, to review all the burgers from all different places. You know, that actually be kind of cool. It, uh, when we're at the. When we're at the studio next time, we can, um, yeah, you, well, we can do more with video, but it's like we could get stuff from all the local places in Rhode Island. And then review them. Like get weenies from Granite Farms and weenies yeah, from New York systems really cool. and stuff. Do you eat wieners? Yeah. Well, I, I don't love them. I feel uh, like they have a different taste than hot dogs. Yeah, wieners are they different. They have like a spice to them. Just like, uh, uh, what, not hoagies. Um, what's the other hot dog thing we have here? It's a Rhode Island thing. Oh, I can hear my mom right now just yelling it at me because this is her favorite type of hot dog. It is... Okay, I'm pausing because I, I need to figure out what the hot dog is. Rhode Island hot dog. Is hot wieners just a Rhode Island thing? Ballpark? 
No, it's soggy. Soggy, yeah. It's, soggy. That's the one, soggy. And, uh... Soggy. I don't know. Okay, now, if wieners are weird for people, because I don't know if it's just a Rhode Island thing, I thought everybody had wieners, but I'm only seeing it for Rhode Island, so I'm like, okay, well, they might think we're talking weird. Um, it's just, what, it's just a small hot dog, and it's got this meat sauce on it with just chopped up onions and celery salt. You don't put ketchup on it, you don't put anything on it. It's just perfect as it is. And that's a wiener. And if you think a wiener's weird, try the word soggy. Yeah, S-A-U-G-Y, soggy. Soggy. All right, soggies. Uh, hot dogs. Uh, wieners. Uh, I think they're pointless. I don't know why people eat wieners. Like what? Like wh- like who came up with the idea that they're gonna make hot wieners and best thing ever when hot dogs already existed? Because wieners are better than hot dogs. But you got the onions and meat. You can just put the onions and meat on a damn hot dog. Yes, then it's called a wiener. Well, I think actually no, but the wiener different. itself is different. Yeah. Because I was always that kid who wanted shit plain. Oh really? Yeah. Oh and no. It, when you, the wiener is like, oh God, no, it's different. It's different. It sounds so weird. We're just saying wiener all the time. <laughs> I don't know if I have to label this uh, adult content because AI is going to pick it up and be like. This episode is going to be uh, the, the least viewed. We're just going to have a bunch of click offs at like five minutes in when we start talking. No way, because I was talking about public access for 14. I know. Uh, well, I bring it up every episode, but I'm probably going to keep bringing it up. No. Chat GPT argued with me. Yeah, you sent well, me- they didn't argue with me. It, it got aggressive. It, to- it sent me- It showed me an aggressive story out of nowhere that I did not ask for. I get how language, mo- language models are basically constantly trying to predict um, the end of the sentence. So if you give it the beginning of a story, it could finish it in a million different ways. And it's not always going to be- I don't know, it could, it could finish it with a, a nice story, a rude story, a happy story, sad story. It could do any of that. It doesn't have, like, a, a set thing for that. I was using it to to um take our transcript, our podcast transcript, and turn that into a... a uh, oh, an article. An article, yeah. So I, I basically fed it 14 pages uh, worth, like, 14-page long Google Docs of text. So it didn't like that. Um, And then I asked it to... I was kind of trying to brief it because I've given it so much text. I was like, hey, can you go back to the back of the chat, the beginning of the chat, and just kind of recite what I've given you just so I know you, you know. I know you know what I what I want, right? Did you ask it that though? Because uh when I do that, uh sometimes I'll start I'll preface it be like you're an expert in this field. I'm going to give you something, you're going to summarize it or rewrite it or do this. Do you understand the assignment? And then it'll respond, yes, I understand the assignment. Please give me the stuff. I saw that the other day, putting do you understand at the end kind of stops it from just generating an output and actually listen to you. I didn't really do that, but it was kind of on the right track already. (laughs) And then I was like, all right, recite the beginning recite the first paragraph I pasted into the chat. I gave it the first sentence of the first paragraph for reference. And it went to paragraph And it gave me the reference, right? It spit it out and said, here, I'll recite it. Gave me the first... It's kind of hard to explain in words. It gave me the first first sentence I pasted in, and it continued it with its own words and turned it into an extremely aggressive story about some guy laying on the ground and another guy coming up to him with a tire iron and beating him to death. And that was from our... Was that from our podcast? Yes. That was from our podcast. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I guess it really... Uh, really did you ask It was some... It, the first sentence that I gave it, it was what we said in the transcript. It was like, so he gets out of the car and... um. And then it continued that. He gets out of the car and um, gets oh. the tire and, I- tire and iron and walks up to the guy and starts whacking him. After it gives me that output, I go, okay, dot, dot, dot. And then it responds with, is there anything else you would like help with? And I was like, yes, um, actually, I would like you to do what I'm here for and create the blog post based on my transcript, but leave out the tire iron story, of, of course. And then it just... It continued and gave me what I wanted and left out the tire iron story. It, it, it was like it's kind of giving you a hey, f- you moment. I'm like pissed at you. It's like it's venting its anger. 
Like, I feel like I just got vented at. It's tired like, of doing this work for us stupid people. Yeah. Um, it hasn't done that to be to me before. And I don't know, just getting more aggressive now. I mean, I, I did ask mine to write me four stories, and it wrote them all. It, it did it in maybe two hours. It was pretty wild, but it's funny because you tell it, say, write a love story about this, and then it'll do it in the first three, 400 words, and then you're like, okay, continue. And then it kind of just recites the same yes. first part, again, a little bit different, but it really keeps like some of the same keywords. So when I tell it to continue next time, I'm like, continue the story but add drama and a conflict in it and a resolution and and then it'll do that. So it seems like every time I tell it to continue, I give it something else in the story that I want it to do. It is extremely, extremely literal. Like if you don't tell it what to do, it will not do it. That's why you just do and it works. It's like, okay, why is it writing like a human being now? Uh, yes. Yeah. I'm trying to get it to... I'm trying to get it to write its own prompts now for me. Like how you said you could get ChatGPT to write it your own prompts, and then you put those in, and you get other prompts. And I I'm trying to get better with that now. Yeah, that's really cool. That's a good idea. To use. But the thing is, you're the chief AI officer here, so you should be uh, you should be teaching me this stuff. You're, <laughs> you're slacking big time. <laughs> well, since when am I the chief AI officer? Uh, I just promoted you today. Congratulations. Yeah, hell yeah. Let's go. Woohoo. You don't get anything, and there's no added money. Aw. But you can put it on your LinkedIn profile all you want. I was listening to My First Million earlier. Who is the guy who kind of sounds like... Ben. Me. The one who talks really fast. Oh, Sam or Sean? Like, uh, the, the two hosts? Yeah, sure. the two hosts. You, you're, you're Sam. Okay. Well, he moved to San Francisco, right? That's Sam. Yeah, he said how he moved to San Francisco for his Airbnb job that he got, but he lied on the when applying to the job, and he said that he never um, was convicted. Oh, of a yeah, of a crime, of or, a crime, yeah. right? Yep. But he got a DUI. Yep. And I was like, wait a minute, how does this guy have a DUI? Out of all people, it just blew my mind. Back in the days, and it was kind of amazing. He moved all the way to San Francisco. To work for Airbnb, got there, they said, oh, no, you lied, so you're no longer working for us, which was probably like a, oh, my gosh, that was like a blow to the head. And then and then he, he starts up a business with his roommate on, on um, he, he starts it on Craigslist and then spins it up into a, a full-time, uh, like, Weebly website. Yes. Okay, so he found a he found a pain point of people. He figured out that when there's so many people who don't have a partner to move in with when they're moving into a new apartment, so he created a job, uh, an apartment, um, like a, a job board for apartment hunters. Yeah, basically, he created a um he created he put up a listing like he had an apartment for people to come live in, and he got hundreds of people to apply to it. And then once they all applied, he said, "Uh, you're all tricked." This is not an apartment listing. This is for a party to find roommates for your apartment. And they charged everyone who went to the party. And it was just amazing. Yes. It, it was such a good idea. You just start with one thing, trick people into it, turn it into another thing, ask them for money, and then you have a business. I, that's how we That's how we started. It's pretty amazing. I would like that for... Kind of butchered this whole story there. But... That's okay. Uh, I'd kind of like that for companies you you hire out for a position say you're looking for a cfo or a cto or any uh product manager anything you'll always get 100 150 applicants for the one job now all these 150 applicants i'm sure even if 20 percent are actually really good you got like 20 40 people that are really good but you could still only give the one job to one person you get give it to that one person then you got 39 qualified applicants somehow you should be able to monetize those applicants and push them to other you know even competitors or, or friends be like hey are you looking for a cto i have 39 vetted people that have gone through this process with us we can't hire them all for this one position i think these people are, are highly recommended it's kind for of like selling leads so exactly but as the company i mean you're already doing all this extra work why can't you just kind of Take up, make a list of these people and, and yeah. just sell it to others. That's what Mr. Beast does. Can he do that with some guy? I have no idea. 
No, we didn't. I thought we talked about that. How he he would hire people, and if they didn't um, if they didn't like live up to what they said they were gonna do, he would just put them in a in a better position. He he wouldn't just fire them. He would find them a new job. Oh no, kidding. Oh yeah. God bless that guy. He would call around everywhere because wow. he didn't want them to not have a job. Wow. Yeah. See, that's probably why I, I bet you he's got a really high retention rate of employees because. I'm sure he works them really hard. It seems he said, like he's been going with the same people. Yeah. Like, well, it seems like all his close friends, too. I don't know his entire yeah. story. Yeah. But, yeah, it it's seems like his crew, and that's really... Pretty cool. We got to get that. It's I don't have a crew. I got a dog. My dog can't do anything. He just kind of lays there. Yeah. The prick. They were also talking about um, the restaurant business on My First Million, mm -hmm. and he was talking about how he's worked in so many different industries, and the restaurant industry is it's terrible. Like, oh, once, the place, once the place closes, everyone is just on drugs and everything. And this was kind of like uh, when I when I had this thought on my own after working in restaurants, I was like, wow, like it seems like a bunch of people are on drugs here. I didn't want to believe that. But now hearing that from so many other people. And then I came across a podcast, Rags to Dishes. And their their whole podcast is basically about this topic of um, the restaurant industry and how it's just so crazy. So crazy. Yeah. So I definitely want to get them on one day. Oh, that's that Rhode Island podcast, Yes, right? they're based in Rhode Island. Oh, yeah. What's, uh... Yeah, they went from hating the restaurant industry to making a podcast. About hating the restaurant industry. Pretty cool. Genius. One cool thing I saw for the uh, chat GPT was this extension, Chrome extension called AIPRM. And it was just, it, it seems like it's different prompts for chat GPT. Like there's a, a book writer and a chapter writer and all these other things. And it just comes right through the Chrome extension right to chat GPT. So that's how I wrote the book in, in an hour. What's up? I saw someone else using this and uh, it was just another one of those moments where I looked at it. I was like, oh my gosh, that is amazing. And then completely forgot about it. Thank you for bringing this up because this is so cool. Like adds extra blocks and things onto the chat GPT interface. So you don't have to be like, it, yeah, write me an article. Like an 500. Yes, it, it's a super upgrade done by people. Yes. When does uh, GPT-4 come out? I don't know, but I have to try this Air RPM. Uh, very cool, very cool. Wow, actually, it should be coming the first quarter of this year. Wait, we're in 20... Yeah, we're in 2023. Yeah, no, that's the dishwasher. I'm going to... Dishwasher. Kill that. It's all good. Cool extension, and I still haven't played with Runway. I'm going to be playing with that today. Maybe we should make a little video on that. <laughs> we'll have that on our YouTube channel. Yeah. Coffee Milk Pod. And if you are looking at the YouTube channel or any of the any of the, the podcast apps, please hit subscribe or follow or anything that you can because that really, really helps us out a lot. We know it's kind of annoying when you get asked for it because I grew up my whole life with people asking me to hit subscribe and follow, but doing that really helps us build an audience and provide more value to you guys, so... Also, tell us what you like to hear and what you don't like to hear. Yes. I've heard a lot about trash bin cleaning companies. I mean, a simple way you could do it is just get a power washer, like you said. Go up to people's doors and just ask them if they want their bin clean because that's something people don't necessarily want to waste their time on. You know, it's like, who wants to clean out their trash bin? Or who would even think of such a thing? I know. it's. So, do you think that a company that is purely based on going to people's houses... And washing out trash bins with, say, even if they have, like, an automated way to do it with, like, a like a trash truck but with a power washer inside it, do you think that that would be successful in the long term? Or it's going to be, like, a little trend thing because we're so worried about viruses and things being dirty now that they can kind of push a business like this on people? The thing that sucks during the summer is when you throw something out and then we have a lot of uh, coyotes and stuff go through our trash. And yes. They always leave just this huh. scent and everything. So oh, yeah. there's actually a business. That's a good that. point. Yeah, maybe like in a, in a place like New Hampshire where you have <laughs> bears breaking into your house occasionally at worst, um, that would actually help a lot. Because I bet people in those areas already clean out their trash cans by themselves or are aware of that because they don't want animals digging through their yard at night. Oh, uh, I just find it annoying. I'll wake up and the trash bag will be all ripped and stuff will be sh uh, strewn everywhere yeah. in the yard. And it's like, oh, God, I just hate cleaning it up. This actual company is doing this? Yeah. I think this would so be a great thing for a high school student or something. Yeah, it, that's kind of how it starts. Um, 
people will start out with like a pressure washer, just washing people's bins. And then they'll eventually, they'll buy a truck from a company like bin wash, uh, systems. You go all the way from having to put the bin on your truck yourself and it just doing the manual washing from driving up to the bin with the truck, like a trash truck would with the, with the big arm that grabs the bin. And then it, it grabs the bin, opens it up and puts it into the washer itself and puts it back down itself. So by itself you don't even have to touch the bin to clean it that's incredible yeah they're doing this whole thing it's a, it's a little a little side hustle oh perfect again for for the teenager certain companies are kind of making it like the ice cream truck in a way they're sending out the the the, the garbage the bin cleaning truck to neighborhoods and like that is their whole marketing scheme they're gonna send out the truck have it play music some like mr clean song or whatever while it's going through the neighborhood other people are gonna see it cleaning other people's their neighbors' bins, and they're just gonna they're they're gonna hear the music. They're gonna see what's going on. They're gonna be interested and want their bins clean too. They say between that, it being kind of like the ice cream truck of cleanliness. I never thought about cleaning my bin. I don't think I've ever done it. I mean, I used to do it at uh, when I worked at Shell, and I had nothing else to do. Um, whenever I would take, because I was the trash guy, I would take the bins in and out of all the trashes and, and you take the trash bag out and it's filled with this yucky coffee mess uh, because we had a Dunkin' in there. So every trash bin was just a syrup on the bottom of it. And then during the summer, you have, you're swarmed with bees every, every time you want to take out the trash. So I would wash out the trash bins. Forget about the bees. I would wash out the trash bins because I hated the freaking bees. That's not so much the bees, it's the hornets and everything that too, else. Yeah, like, yeah, it's just annoying. I'm a big fan of bees. I just hate all those other assholes. Yeah, yeah, I hate when things are buzzing around me trying to sting me. Get away. See, the honeybees don't bother me. Yeah, they's outside. He kind of swats them. I'm like, dude, it's a honeybee. Some days I'm fine, and I'm like, okay, it's a bee. They're not going to bother me unless I bother it, and I'll go do what I need to do. <laughs> and then other days there'll be one bee, and I will freak the heck yes. out. But some days I'm just fine. It's it's weird. It's like an odd fear. No, I've always noticed uh, around fall, like when all the flowers are gone, this, the honeybees are still out. And sometimes I'll just kind of see it chilling on the deck for maybe an hour. And I think it just doesn't have enough energy to fly back to the hive. So I'll legit grab some honey some uh, because I always buy the local honey. No way. I'll put it on you a little plate it. and I will put it right in front of that bee. And that bee goes to it within five minutes. Its wings go, flies away. Yep. I feel like I'm doing my part. Save, Save the, the bees. honeybees. Save the bees. Oh, we don't have the bees. We're all screwed. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, it all builds on top of each other. 10 bucks a, a thing. I think you probably do. Yeah, 10, 15. And what is it? What do you think it would take, Doc? You, you hose it down. You spray it with some chemical cleaner. Let it sit for five seconds. You got the pressure washer. Probably takes 10 minutes max to set everything up. And you got paid 15 bucks. You do, if you get a couple of houses close by, you can make. Forty, fifty dollars an hour. That's that's yeah. not bad. I don't think I'd go as far as it's, to buy a mobile cleaning truck. Yeah, that's if you have the customers. That's the tough thing. It's like, how are you going to get people to want to clean out their bins? I think you drive around with a jingle on your truck. Makes get sense. Everybody coming out thinking it's the ice cream man, and then see this weird thing. It's it's kind of cool advertisements. It's like viral advertisements for real time. Yeah, and it's like if you go to these these nice neighborhoods. And you see people cleaning out the garbage bins and, you know, you have a nice house. They have a nice house. It's like one, it's, it's like the phenomenon where, uh, every old guy talks about their damn lawn. Like it's their baby. It's like how they take care of their lawn, you know, to certain people. So if, the, if one guy sees its bins getting washed out, you know, the other guy's going to do it. That's interesting. Oh, we got to keep up with the Joneses. They're getting their bins washed. We yes. got to do this. Just like if your neighbor cuts his you trash. You're kidding me, man. Yeah. Again, second time this month. He's washed out his bins three times this month. How am I going to keep up? <laughs> no, I like that side hustle. I got one if you're, uh, I'd probably say you'd have to be 18 or up. What? How old do you have to be to get a license now? It used to be your like 16th birthday, you could get your license. I think at 16, you have to drive before you're 16, right? No, no. Oh, you have your. Well, you get your permit. Yeah, I thought I got my permit at 15. Yeah, you get your permit at 15, and then you get your license, your provisional license at 16. What's a provisional license? I don't know. I forget. Oh, wow. No, we just got a regular license, I'm, I, I assume. Yeah, but, you get a provisional, and you can only drive during certain times or something like that. Oh, that was that was the permit for us. Like, 
You couldn't have the more provisional. than two people in the car, and you couldn't yeah, drive uh, after. There you go. Yes, that's the provisional. Oh, I, I believe it. It went from driving with your parents. Wait, did you have to drive with your parents before? Oh, you just had to drive with somebody that could drive. Yes, yes, that's what I mean. You know when you got the crazy wide loads that are, I don't know, driving a house down the road, a yes. big turbine wind blades. I saw one the other day, and the guy in front was way too far ahead. <laughs> I love that. It's as if he's in his own little zone, and he has no idea what he's actually yeah. doing. But you know you can actually be that guy in front. There's only thinking about it the other day too. There's 12 states I think that actually require you to take a class, but it's okay. a one-day class. Um, I can't remember what states, but it's like Arizona, Michigan. I don't believe it was anything in New York. Um, but yes, you can just become that guy. And I'm pretty sure just as there's websites where if you're trying to take a load or a big machine from one state and transport it to another state, you just put your quote, you're just asking people on a website like, hey, this is the size, these are the dimensions I need to travel from here to here. And people will bid on your job. I'm pretty sure that's how the escort vehicle service works, <laughs> because if your load is above maybe 14 feet and then a certain amount wide and weighs a certain amount, you need that car in the front and the back. And those people don't necessarily work for the transportation no. company. They're freelancers. So you could just put a quote, say, yeah, you know, I'll do it for 20 bucks an hour or whatnot. And you just drive your car in front of the truck. They'll provide you the yellow lights on top and you get a wide load across your front, the front of your bumper. But that's an easy job. You're not delivering for Uber or anything. You're just providing a buffer f for a big truck, and you're driving anywhere. I, I thought that was a really cool side hustle. I think you'd probably make, I don't know, 60, 75 grand doing that. Hmm. So if you didn't have a job and you had a car, there's a great little side hustle for you. Do you have to take a class in Rhode Island for that? No. That's one you don't. You, just, you literally just sign up and... You got a license, you got insurance, you're good to go. Oh, really? Yeah. They recommend you take um, uh, like a defensive driving course and stuff. Anything to kind of lower those insurance rates. Yeah, there's no requirements. Normal license. Oh, that's pretty cool. I would be um, scared to death if I had to go in front of a giant truck because I feel like I would mess up the route or something. I didn't even think of that. And then get them going the wrong way. Yeah, but much like the guy that was three miles in front of the wide load yesterday. I mean, he seemed to be doing fine, so <laughs> I think I could do it. That's. Uh, I just thought that was really cool. I went to this website, oversize.io, and it has all the... Oh, it's a Web3 website? No, I think that's probably just what they bought because oversize.com must have cost a million dollars or something. So just buy the IO for 20 bucks. Oh, okay. I thought IO was Web3 specifically, but it is, but it's not. It just like .ai is yeah. all AI, but not everything. Is Web3 and AI. Okay. I wonder what Web3 is going to, like, what? I'm still waiting. I, I'm still waiting. Like, is it just a more streamlined internet? internet? Like, more decentralized i don't i couldn't even explain it to you because we're just in this fundamental shift and right now for me it's a waiting game i have no idea what to do but just do what we're doing and you know, try and create as many cool things as we can while everything is literally changing around us real time yeah i've never seen it change this fast go this far this fast it's it's kind of it's interesting because you talk to it. Yeah, you're bleeding a little bit. I hit my. I. It's either a weld burn because I'm bald. It's either a weld burn that I just keep picking at the scab, or I bumped into those palm fronds. We had them on display for the the architect come oh, down and take yeah. a look at it, and I just I hit it just right right in the thing. That's okay. Ugh. Bleed away. So when you talk to people and they're like, "Oh my gosh." Everything is moving so fast. AI co is coming out. Web3 is coming out. The internet is going to fundamentally change. I don't get how other people today don't see that. I think just people today are oblivious. You will have a million people look up how to make money, and you will get 20, 30,000 different ideas. But how many people are going to execute on those things? So it's it's one thing you can hear in passing, oh, ChatGPT is revolutionary, or AI is revolutionary, and people are just... I don't know, too lazy, just like the food thing, and getting protein shakes. People are just lazy. That's why it's the people who decide to actually do something will do big things or 
make money or yeah. whatever. I guess they, they're not worried about it because they look at that as just purely their entertainment aspect of life. It's not anything more. It's just kind of something to look down at and tune out. Until it becomes so big where all your friends decide to talk about it, that's when it becomes mainstream. Yes. It's just like crypto. It's like when you have somebody talk about crypto like, uh, you know, Bitcoin could have been at 3000 The minute it hit 20000 or 19000 people were going nuts and everybody was telling you to buy crypto at 19000 Meanwhile, I'm telling you, it's like, I don't think this is, it, it went up in such a short time, guys. I don't think this is the right time to buy. And they'll buy then, and then it goes down, and then they're just like, Bitcoin sucks. When everybody starts talking about it, that's when you got to kind of step back. You're like, okay, yeah. it's too mainstream. But AI, it's it's not like you're investing in it, it's you're using it. So when your grandmother starts talking about it or your aunt starts talking about it, that's when you know it's caught on to everybody. Yeah, that happened, well, what, last week? That's what it seems like. I got yeah. people telling me out of the blue, oh, I tried uh, this or I tried this because the podcast and this is actually really cool. Yeah. And there's a billion other tools. I was in um, accounting the other day and I gave it my, uh, the statements that I'm supposed to turn into like the income um, statement and whatever. And I gave them all the, I gave ChatGPT all the purchases that the company made. And then it just spat out all of the the income statements, the trial balance, all of the things that I would be making in accounting. But it got like one category wrong. And I think it did that because when you give it homework, it can understand that you're giving it homework and you're a kid giving it homework. So it gets one thing wrong. So you can't really use it. It got almost all of it right. It was nuts. I didn't know. That. Made a table too. No way. Yeah. See, that's why I love just playing with this stuff and hearing all this. I would have never thought about coding and accounting. You don't even need a bookkeeper. You can, ooh, AI bookkeeping. All right. I was researching solar because I've always been interested in batteries and renewable energy. It blows my mind how you can collect a bunch of energy from the sun or the wind, store that, and then use it later. For years, everyone has been focusing on making solar panels and batteries to collect energy as electricity and store it as electricity and there's like a ton of complications with that because you need precious metals to make the solar panels you need silver and then you need to you need all different types of you need silicon too which is also very expensive and they've been making solar panels for years and you know like the it hasn't really gotten much better and now we're running into the issue where we're running out of silver to make the solar panels because you need a silver paste to make the um the contacts on the solar panel and then they started looking into how to use copper in, in place of the silver paste when producing the solar panel so they looked into that they thought it was an awesome idea a few companies ran with it and then their solar panels started falling apart because the copper could not it what build. fluctuation in temperatures yes between that and the oxidization of the copper it built up a layer between whatever it was trying to connect to like the silicon on the solar panel i'm not too I don't understand exactly how they go together, but all I know is it has to be in really thin strips on the solar panel, the copper or the silver, and the copper just couldn't, you couldn't lay it out in thin strips like that. So some companies are working on different ways to collect energy from the sun and store it. And the other problem we're facing as well is the, the, the storage of the energy. The, the lithium is oh, yeah. very uh, difficult to get. The bottom of the supply chain is disgusting. There's people in other countries uh, digging in pits and basically destroying their life over making uh, just a portion of a living for themselves by mining lithium. Like, the lithium mines. If you go and look at the lithium mines, it is... That's why I laugh at all the, the um, eco-friendly people who are just like, oh my God, electric cars. Yeah, like, Have you seen what, what goes what into it making number, it? One, number two, the technology is just too advanced. And I came across this thing on YouTube the other day about how to store energy in different ways. And it just blew my mind because they really took keep it simple, stupid to a whole nother level. We don't need electricity. We don't need solar panels. All we need is some type of magnifying glass, right? Some type of magnifying glass apparatus. A bunch of those. Taking energy from the sun, harvesting it, uh, collecting it, and refocusing it into one point. And then at that one point that the sun is focused, you're not gonna put a solar panel 
to collect it as electrical energy because we don't have the technology to make that transfer from the, the sun to the electrical energy easily. Like, it, we lose a bunch of it. So we keep it as heat instead. So where the sun is focused in that really hot area, have you seen uh, like people making giant magnifying glasses and melting rock with them? Oh, are you kidding? I used to do that stuff when I was a kid. I almost did that. I watched this YouTube channel. The guy actually passed away, the King of Random. Oh. Where I ri originally saw this, he would get a, uh, a plastic screen from inside the old TVs he yep. would find on the road. Oh, yeah. Turn that into a mega solar panel. A mega, mega magnifying glass. Magnifying glass. So you take that and you get a pipe and you put a liquid in it that absorbs the heat of the focused sun. And then you take that heat and you store it in actual material like rock. You heat up the rock inside a giant insulator. So you got this giant big, just imagine a big brick. Mm -hmm. And wrapped around the brick is the best insulator you could think of, right? You take the heat from the sun, you focus it down into one little point, you you heat up liquid with the heat from the sun, store that liquid in, in, a, in a physical container. container, not turning it into electricity, just keeping it as heat, and then using that heat to boil water, make steam, and then run turbines with it. And, oh my God, my leg is so numb. <laughs> Sorry, it just happened. Oh, it's one of those. But I, I don't know if it was a movie, but I swear I, I thought I saw uh, like a solar farm like that. They'd have solar panels, and then the solar panels would be directed at this tall tower, and it would just focus this like beam at the tower, and the the tower would heat up stuff. Do you got to get up and walk around? We'll we'll take five seconds. Sounds good. We can keep going. Yeah, but it just blew my mind that everyone's focusing on oh, solar, green energy, batteries, but no, no, that's not what we need. Just store it we just need to store heat. energy as heat and, and figure out how to keep heat hot for a really long time. Not keep electrical energy in a battery yeah, which that isn't. is using lithium. We can use rocks and sand to store energy as heat. It's just so simple and the concept just works so well. I just don't understand why it's not being used everywhere already. Um, I'd, I'm glad it makes sense to you. To me, I'm just like, wait, store heat and rocks and what are we doing? Do you, yeah, but do you, you don't see that? I mean, I understand it, but it's like, but the steam's got to be transformed into electrical energy to, so is it just running at like the turbine or something? Yeah. That's just. Yes. You take the heat from the rocks, you, you, you blow air through the giant rock cavity that's hot. Or you run water through it in pipes, like you would a reverse so it's just like, like a you would a radiator. It's like a it's like a giant volcano that you heat up artificially and has a radiator inside it, and then from that hot water. Sorry, dogs just confused. From that hot water, you we use steam, and you turn the steam into electrical energy. And this is supposedly, and, and it's more sustainable. It'll it'll last for years. You you don't have to uh, recycle the batteries. Like right. it just stays there and it works. It is just, and you can also do it in a way that takes electrical energy, uses toaster elements to heat up the rock, and then once the rock is hot enough, toaster elements shut off, and the heat stays there. And when you want to use it, you run water through it, create steam, and use steam to create electricity. Problem with this whole thing is nobody makes money. You just use a rock. Well, you can use any rock, and then you don't need the lithium mine. So the guy who owns the lithium mine won't make any money, and that's why they won't yes. do it. But they're putting in. You could no. I think you're wrong. I think that this is going to be an incredible technology because what you can improve is the material that stores the heat and the material that collects the heat. And once you improve those two things, it's it's going to beat out batteries. Yeah, and maybe batteries will come back in the future, but I think that this technology is is going to beat out everything because it's simple. You're storing energy in a in a much simpler way, and it's it's good for the environment. I think it's going to beat out batteries. Theoretically, all this sounds fantastic, but I'm saying like there will be somebody from Duracell being like, "Oh yeah, okay, I want to buy the patent for this technology," and then, and then, and then shut it down. Never use it. 
that's it's so that's terrible how that happens. That's the problem. Everybody wants power and they want money. Let's hope that that does not happen. That's why if you find a free energy solution, what you need to do is release that immediately to everybody. You put that on YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, you just flood everywhere with it. Give it to every news station. Therefore, the genie's out of the bottle and you can't put that back. Everybody will try it and boom. Everybody that runs the uh, energy companies is out of business. Yeah. I was thinking about that the other day. I mean, our world runs on energy, so that's the top industry, basically. Oh, you come up with fusion or cold fusion or something? Yeah. But this this idea, it, j it just blows my mind because we all think in terms of electricity when we think of energy, but do we really need that? No, we don't. I always thought that. We just need to figure out how to retain heat for long enough, and then it's going to work flawlessly. And just take heat from the ground. It's not hot enough, I wouldn't think. I saw that in a um, uh, Verde Vineyards up the street from us. Oh, yeah, and Justin. I believe. Yeah, they they have a... Well, we went there on a trip for a physics class. Mr. Cattucci showed us how they take heat from the ground, from the earth, or uh, the cold air, and they use it to cool or heat the 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 room where they make the wine or whatnot. Oh, no way. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know they were using that. I thought it really was cool. like the greenhouse. Or really cool. Wow. I had actually emailed them one day. It was, it was when I had one day off, and I was thinking, you know, I'd really love to come down and learn about wine and how you approve the grapes and see when the right time to pick is and, and how they do everything. They told me to come down, but I just never did. Now I'm going to check it out because I really want to see that geothermal thing. Because I know Iceland, I'm pretty sure they don't really use normal power plants. They use geothermal for everything. You see pipes everywhere. Yes. They got the hot baths. And, that's, hot and that's what I um, that's what I saw looking up this, this technology. That other parts of the world, they're already using it. I was like, oh, okay. So this really does work. This is being used. Oh, yeah. America is kind of a... We're a reactive society. We're not proactive in any way, shape. Well, we're proactive if money is going to be lost. Oh, absolutely. 100%. But other than that, it's like, oh, for the greater good, who cares? Oh. All right. It's not really a side hustle, but there's this one guy who absolutely is just, he's my hero on Instagram. Okay. He's the dad dork. And he goes to his neighbor's ring doorbell like every day. Oh, man. And he's just always goofy. And he does a dad joke every day. <laughs> and it's just, he's got this really cool little following on Instagram. It, it just brightens up my day with all the craziness he does. He's just a happy-go-lucky, fun, crazy guy. And, yeah, he just kind of made a little thing out of telling a dad joke every day to his neighbor's ring doorbell. So you really don't need anything anymore. Did you hear about that guy? I want to say it was six months ago. It was a kid probably your age, and he went on Grubhub, and he created a pizza a pizza place on Grubhub. But what he did was he went to Walmart, bought all the frozen pizzas, and he, he had ordered box from a, a company, pizza boxes, blank, or maybe had his name on it or something, would heat the DiGiorno's pizza in his oven, put it in the box, and then drive for uber to deliver his pizza to somebody and i think he made a good amount of money me? oh yeah I think... when did he get shut down oh probably a couple of days later because he was a famous tiktoker and i think he had maybe a million subscribers and the video got 10 million views they shut him down really wow. quickly but it was just a very cool side project and i know there's those things called ghost kitchens we have one in uh probably providence but in warren they were building it when i used to work in bristol um it's it's these kitchens, ghost kitchens. So if you have a product, say we want to do coffee milk, we want to create our own coffee milk syrup. Well, you need a, a, a kitchen that's sanitized and uh, regulated by the Department of Health and every a commercial yes. kitchen. Yes. I mean, it's very expensive, but you could rent one for maybe 25 bucks an hour and you could produce all your stuff, package it, and everything's completely kosher. Not kosher, kosher, but uh, it's approved by the health department. And... You have uh, a product. I don't know where I was going with that. Why was I talking about ghost kitchens? Oh, because so people are starting their own thing, like kind of like Mr. Beast did with Mr. Beast Burger. Yep. He had a lot. But I don't know if it was it was ghost kitchens, but I think he used like just other restaurants. He just had their kitchens make the stuff, and then people would pick up from there. So it was like ghost kitchen times a million. Do they have an, a marketplace for that? What, ghost kitchens? Called, yeah, call it ghost kitchen and have people post what they want made and then have restaurants accept the offer and 
they'll cook for the company that's i don't know that'd be pretty cool i actually kind of like bridging the gap between people who don't have access to a kitchen and people who do have access to a kitchen and kind of working for absolutely i think it's a like, great idea uh almost like catering now no it's it's no, it's totally different. Yeah, because catering, they usually have their own commercial kitchen, or they actually may use a ghost kitchen, but these are people, again, I, I actually want to do coffee milk syrup. I don't think it would be that hard. I would love to have bottles of coffee milk syrup. But I figured something like that, you just go to Autocrat or whatnot and have them just bottle up their syrup in your bottles. Yeah. Um, and then you'd have their distribution and everything. You really wouldn't need to do much. But, yeah, if you had a... If you want to make chocolates or something. I wonder if we reached out to Autocrat, if they would do little bottles for us or something like that. I feel like no one would reach out to Autocrat or have a reason to. It's not, I don't think if, if you're not in Rhode Island, I don't think you know Autocrat. No. That would be awesome if we could get little bottles of coffee milk syrup and have our logo on the back, maybe. Oh my gosh. Yeah. With a link to the pod. We'll have the QR code on the back. Yeah. Oh, because I want to do that for all our guests. Uh, we'll do it with regular autocrat coffee milk syrup. Or, well, there was one episode I really wanted to try all the different coffee milk syrups because there's this one apparently in London, and it's supposed to be really good. Mm. But, um, yeah, if we ever had a guest, we'd send them a little care package and it'd be all kind of crazy Rhode Island things, but we would definitely have coffee milk syrup because you need it. I mean, we're called coffee milk. We could do a coffee milk syrup review. So, I oh, thought that'd be kind of cool for... Maybe in the next couple episodes or in the next five, six episodes. Because next week we're going to go to the public access TV. We'll take the lessons. We'll report back on how that went. Yeah, hopefully it goes smoothly. Oh, I think it's yeah, it's going to be smooth. awesome. I just want to make sure that they tell us, yeah, you really don't need another person because we have people here. I'm ho- yeah, I'm hoping that we can just push record. And, yeah, because yeah. getting a third person is, is good. Yeah, hard. Yeah. Well, that's it for this episode of Coffee Milk. I'm Mark Laporte. I'm Mitch Tabala. See you next week.